You wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Sports fans, it is Friday here on 89.1 KHOL, and Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeman, and as always, my loyal co-host, Graham Trainer. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. I only have one question. Where is Massey Zeman? That was the... Do you know where he is? Do you know where Massey is? Do you know where Massey is? <laughs> I know where I am. I'm in the basement of the oh, Center there. for the there Arts, you are. holding it down. Um, we wanted to go ahead and give a public service announcement. This one's not about sports, guys. This one's about the Taliban and COVID. So buckle up for a solid Teton sports talk. Yeah, especially Florida. Watch out, Florida, again. No, uh, are you talking about, is there another hurricane? No, COVID. For oh, COVID. oh, they're, oh, oh, they're just messing. They're just messing up again. Yeah, Actually, they're just fumbling. The hurricane's name is COVID. Um, no, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to give you a break from all those news headlines and all the stressors out there, and we're just going to talk sports. And sports aren't yeah, that Florida. serious. So here's a little Florida, break from your day. Florida NFL teams. We're going to talk about Florida NFL teams. There's two. Uh, spoiler alert: I think two this year that are going to go to the playoffs. Which ones, Massey? Find out. AFC NFC South preview at the uh at the, on the other side of the huddle. Um we do have some basically if we can make you smile before your weekend, that's our whole goal here. Just one person. Just someone walking into happy hour maybe early, maybe 4:30 on a Friday and they take their seat and they're like, "You know what? Those got those idiots made me laugh from 2 to 3." So that's what we're yeah, going or for. You, yeah, or you're like a true fan. You're on the East Coast, maybe like a Troy Zeman, and you've got like a radio broadcast app going, and you actually are at happy hour yeah. when it's on at 2 p.m., 2 p.m. Mountain, but 4 p.m. Eastern time. So you're time traveling. Yeah, shout out. Honestly, shout out to all the fans. We All 50 of you that download our podcast, that sounds like a small number to a couple to everyone, but if there's one person that would download it every week, I'd still make this show. So the 50 of you that do it every week, I'm talking to you. I love you guys. If we get five more subscribers, Massey says he will do the milk crate challenge that all the kids are doing these days. The milk crate challenge is, it was funny until people started really getting hurt. And for whatever reason, I cannot watch injury videos. Like there are just some people that are like cracking their vertebrae and you're like, I cannot watch this person fall from 15 feet in the air. It looks so horrible. Now there's memes attached to it, which are funny because it was like, like you said, it was funny and now it's painful. But then you start adding, um, for example, as a um, self-deprecating Dallas Cowboys fan, there's a milk milk crate challenge where, you know, a guy had already done it. But then somebody took that footage and added the top row in the middle. It says regular season and the next row after that going down um, descending, it says playoffs and the guy's. And it says Dallas Cowboys, or sorry, there's a Dallas Cowboys star mm-hmm. where the guy's head would be, and he just starts wobbling, and he just he just collapses because he couldn't make it. He couldn't make it to the playoffs. Oh, already mean. Oh, it's so mean. People being mean to Cowboys fans is so sad. It's just so sad. I can't I believe funny, anybody I'm, would do I'm, that. No, I'm I'm all in for it. If you, it's kind of <laughs> like you recycle you recycle a joke. And then you start adding 
other content to it, then it becomes something new. Like, that's what I'm saying. There's memes now that are attached to the milk crate challenges because what once became just kind of violent and sad after being funny, now it's funny again because you add an element oh, of a joke. I do like that. I feel like... I feel like internet culture at least takes two weeks for that cycle to happen, but we've just yes. fast forwarded. It's just taken us four days to cycle Ooh. through uh, a new trend and make it Let's into memes that are funny again. I'm not, I'm not built for the internet. I don't know if I'd ever be good that good at it. Yeah, I'm, I've, I've done, you know, seen hundreds of funny Andrew Cuomo me- memes, and now it's exciting to have the milk rate challenge take the take the mantle, <laughs> take the edge off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it, that happened so fast that I forgot. I had already forgot about Cuomo memes. That had already that slot in my brain that occupies memes from the internet. The Cuomo memes got shredded. Insert milk crate challenge into that slot, and the file is growing. Next week, we'll throw that away and insert whatever is new. So there's only so much of my brain that can remember yeah. that that part of the internet. Yeah. Um, Let's, you only use ten percent. We probably use five. I at least use five, five to seven. Um, so we we're not going to hit this over, right? Um, there's ten days left, and yes. with the goring, and I feel like we're we're going to crumble like the Kansas City's chief Kansas City Chiefs O line crumbled going into the Super Bowl. We had a high octane offense. We yeah. were on a great trajectory in May. It was angry May instead of angry August. We were just going in the right direction, and it all just failed. And so what Trainer is referring to is that we're stuck at this 1.9. We put the over under at 2.75. I really thought that was, I really thought that was low. Yeah, um, I bet. I even I put bet my non-existent mortgage on it. Yeah, and and we're stuck at one point. There is still ten days out there. It's not like the tourists weren't trying this year. There's plenty of videos of almost that were circling uh making their rounds on the internet for those people who live in the mountain west and are interested in bison and tourist interaction um that being said they really felt like they the tourists really put their best foot forward this year and the bison just didn't deliver have animals and wildlife in general become too empathetic do they look at us and they say oh my god the pandemic oh my god like trump we need to give them a break. Um, there's, you know, there's more service dogs and there's airport dogs than ever. You know, animals are trying to keep us afloat as human beings. And maybe they said, give them a break. It's 2021. They had a bad 2020 because COVID didn't really affect them as much. Yeah. So they were just like trying to prop us up a little bit. They're like, all right, yeah, take a look if you want. I'm right here. Selfie yeah. stick doesn't bother me. Do your thing. I feel sorry for you guys. Can't even grow fur. Y'all are idiots. <laughs> that's probably what they were thinking. I, yeah, I didn't see that coming. So that's that's on me. So everybody that you know bet uh, bet their life savings on the over, as I said you should around Memorial Day. I, I I sincerely apologize to you fans. Yeah, I was I was confident as well. So let's huddle up. The huddle is the good news of the week, the critical number of the week, something you were stuck on. Your quote slash question of the week. We do it every podcast. Trainer, I'll kick it to you. Your good news of the week. We do it every podcast. Uh, mine is Dak's. Dak Prescott's pitch count has been taken away. Uh, there's no Tommy John surgery for now. Um, I'm still wanting to see that Foles trade happen because, yeah. you know, 
these arm these arm things as as an avid fantasy baseballer these arm things they seem they tend to linger and they can come back out of nowhere and bite you mm-hmm. and financially financially we can make it work to get Foles. it's not it's only he's only got like he's on the books for four million this year we're that's twice that, okay can i stop you there for real quick that's yeah. twice as much as james winston's contract but go ahead oh, i'd love i'd love to have james <laughs> isn't that awesome but i'm hoping he hoping he's a starter um so the money's good uh gardner Minshew, another another um possibility i know he wants to start i'm sure he's pretty pretty bummed up bummed out and pissed off that trevor lawrence somehow won the starting job is the it's crazy it's pick. crazy but uh he's only he's only paid like 800 grand only but you know as an nfl player so we need to make a move just to have some insurance because i have watched enough of the three interceptions against the houston texans yes that's right the houston mm-hmm. texans from yeah. our backup or our third stringer i guess i, I think the competition what's his second, name uh denuccio doesn't does anywhere have remember when you called baker mayfield uh headband hanky boy head. hanky head he is baker mayfield hanky head but is terrible did he play at jmu yeah he's like um oh man what's a good he's like when you go to the grocery store and you buy like the signature brand like he's that of, of baker mayfield off he's off brand mayfield he's trying to be oh oh Next to Charmin is like Ultra Ply or whatever it is. He's yeah, the Ultra Ply. Paper towels. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, that it's it's interesting, and there's plenty of quarterback storylines that are interesting. The Niners have an interesting quarterback controversy going on. I want that they just have like they haven't named a starter. I guess that's probably more. No, it is. I, sorry, I was gonna say, is this the best QB battle training camp of all time? A Dak Dak versus the injury. No, 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 the whole, the whole, uh, the whole thing, the whole, the whole plan, oh. <laughs> the whole NFL. Thank I feel you. like this right. has been the best QB battle year. Like I was agreeing with you about the 49ers. Like they're a part of probably 10 to 12 or not, maybe not that many, maybe eight to 10 QB battles. This, this, uh, there's, there was five drafted in yeah. the first round, which makes a lot. Carson Wentz got hurt. So there's Eason versus Wentz and then Ellinger too. Yes. Um, so that's six right there, and I probably could name another couple. So yeah. Did you been, name six? Wild. I just blacked out. I thought you only named two. No, I did five. The five. Uh, well, although there's no competition for the Jets because they have Zach Wilson and the same similar Grand Canyon style drop off after that for backup. Well, the Jags uh, like, is pretty clear, right? Jags. Yeah, well, yeah. There's a battle though. You know, there's a battle. There's a 49ers battle. There's a Patriots battle. Yes. There's a uh, Colts battle, but that's more about injury, I guess. Um, there's a Bears battle. There's it's br- the Broncos. I mean, Broncos. I guess they just named Ooh. Teddy Bridgewater. The New Saints, Orleans, sorta. It's like, like six. Yeah, six or eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. right. Good year for battles. Um. My good news of the week is that Urban Meyer looks really stupid on the Jack sideline. <laughs> he looks really dumb in that. Uh, I don't know if he was wearing that teal color, but there was enough around him, enough teal color around him that I was like, am I watching uh, any given Sunday? And this is like some random team they made up for the football, for the for an opposing football team against the Sharks. Yeah. Like they, he looks dumb and I like it. He's got his hands on his knees, like acting like his five yard out in the flat is the is the play of the century and you're like urban you need to really chill out dude 
I think, by the way, we should do a we should do a recap of the teams that the Sharks play one day. Just go through those teams because things like the <laughs> Chicago Rhinos. Oh, um, there. I forget. Uh, yeah, he looks. I wonder if he's going to have the new Eli Manning face with the mouth open with the flies buzzing. Um, he's getting players hurt. He had Marvin Jones like came down on his shoulder and then he did like a hurry up offense and kept him in the game. Marvin Jones being like their only veteran new receiver, best receiver. And they have no, nobody. I mean, they just lost ETN right before this. So it's like, why would you in a preseason game have your veteran wide receiver who you just paid money for hurt himself and then block right after. So I don't know what's going on there, but yeah, it's a good, it is good news. Um, also, I love it. After one like really poor performance in a preseason game, the headlines of the locker room being divided are already coming out, and I love stuff like that. <laughs> I love it. They're like, we don't like Urban Meyer's college attitude. It's like, yeah, this is great. This is preseason. Yeah. I love it. Um, <laughs> actually, you know what else? I had some other good news. The videos of the walk-ons getting scholarships before school starts, like in football camp, and like them like getting surprised by their dads or something, announcing uh, you're on full scholarship and everybody getting rowdy around them and like tears being shed for fo- uh, football players in college. That has made me very happy this week. I'm like, this is great. I forget about this part of college football where some guy, somebody's dream to play for Notre Dame, like Rudy style gets awarded for his hard work. And you're just, and his team is stoked for him. I love that visual. That is cool. Cause there's all the, you can have, you can be a little, I mean, I know we're, we're pro NIL, but you can get a little cynical about these these entitled kids today with their NIL payments, and then it's nice to see the other side of the coin. You mean you know, those capitalist that are, kids that found that got a yeah. job when they were eighteen, and and that is trying to manage a brand. This is capitalism, yeah. baby. This is this is what college education is all about, dude. Don't you say entitled? Cool. Entitlement it's, is not it's, the right word. Capitalism yeah, is the right word. It's cool to see the Occupy Wall Street kids make a make a scholarship run at a, after a walk on, you know. <laughs> the, the 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 bums, the yeah. non-capitalists. They're yeah. like they're like, "Hey, you should come <laughs> with us. Come with us." Uh, what is your critical number of the week? 0. 0. As in Zero. someone threw a no-hitter. No, this is um I know our our fierce rival, pardon my take, had him on but I actually wrote this down before that. So no copyright infringement, zero playoff appearances. I had to look this up because he's been on nine teams, zero playoff appearances. I thought this was right for Ryan Fitzpatrick and appearances? I don't normally do this Massey, zero playoff appearances in his career. Wait, but he's been, he's been to the playoffs with the team as a backup. Mm-mm. No, no, he's okay. never even never been like a Dallas Cowboy. Um, I don't like to do this. I'm auditing my NFC East edition. Okay. And I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Washington. I wanna see Fitzpatrick, because this may be the Swan Song year. I wanna see them make the playoffs. So I'm gonna put them in as the NFC East. I might have already done that and I can't remember if I had the Cowboys missing just to be a okay. make fun of myself or not. But I'm gonna say this is this is Fitzpatrick's year to get in there and this will be not only that, he will finally get rid of that zero, that monkey off his back. This will be the first time in the NFC East since Y2K, Beanie Babies, and Fred Durst uh-huh. that an NFC East team 
that an NFC East team win back-to-back division crowns. Whoa, that's a real reversal there. You you just copied my take, bro. I had them I'm being humble. Being humble. Oh, oh, oh. Well, I mean, did Cowboys did Fred Durst really go ever go out of style? I mean, just admit to yourself no. how much Fred Durst you've listened to this week. Ooh, I don't want, I don't want to share that right yeah, now. Yeah, so I'm just saying, don't don't put Fred Durst's name in your mouth. Um, three three uh three glasses of rosé and a chocolate starfish and whatever the rest of that peanut butter, what's it called? chocolate starfish in the hot dog flavored water hot dog not peanut butter good job <laughs> all right i like your reversal on the uh the washington football team here um there is a i have a couple of critical numbers but they're more in a ranking i've ranked them with the vegas odds so maybe i'll just list them if this is a list one through four. Okay, I'll try to. I'll try to guess. I'll try to guess. One, two, three, four. I mean, are you gonna? <laughs> that's that's all right. So here's here are the Vegas odds. You have uh, the SEC the SEC teams um, in the College Bowl playoff this year. That's actually not a bad. That's not that's not bad. Texas A and M looks pretty good, and Ole Miss is gonna be feisty though. That whole thing that it might be like the SEC West, depending on what Georgia does in the East, but they might get two teams in. If Georgia win, if Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC championship and AMN, A&M is sitting there like, oh, I forget the the scheduling got so mixed up. If they're sitting there at 11-1, mm-hmm. if I only lost to Alabama, then we're going to have to talk about something. Don't sleep on Kentucky. Um. Anyway, back to my critical number, and I, I wrote down three of them. Oh, no, I didn't even write down that many. I wrote down two of the Vegas odds. Uh, Good. But this is for the Heisman winners. Heisman winners. DJ, DJU out of Clemson, quarterback for Clemson. Spencer Radler is number two to win the Heisman. Bryce Young is number three. JT Daniels is number four. And out of all of them, let me, let me count here. Spencer Radler is nine and two as a starter. DJ Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma. DJ Youth out of yeah. Clemson has played two games. He lost to Notre Dame and beat BC in a comeback. Bryce Young has played garbage time for Alabama. And JT Daniels started started three games for Georgia. So that's like almost what is that? Almost less than ten, not including Spencer Rattler, less than six. Five. I don't know. I'm not a math guy. My point is I love the early season Heisman rank rankings that just highlight people for no reason. Meaning, like, they haven't done anything yet. It's like, eh, he'll probably win. Like, that guy, the guy hasn't taken a snap yet under center. And he's third. I'm, I'm mainly talking about Bryce Young here. He's third in the rankings. He hasn't played a game for Alabama. They're like, yeah, third, third in the rankings for Heisman. I just love it. Yeah, it kind of correlates well. We had our fantasy football draft on Monday. We're not going to go over our rosters, I promise. Don't turn this off. Um, this correlates well with fantasy football quarterbacks, receivers, and running backs, maybe even tight ends that are, have not done anything in the NFL, yes. yet they're ranked and projected to do something. So pretty similar. But, yeah, I see what you're saying, the hype. And I do like how the College Football Playoff Committee doesn't come out with rankings until week, is it eight, six or eight, I think? I think it's eight. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty late. And that is – it's just so funny to watch, like – Opening week in college football, number seven, some team versus the number ten team. Who's gonna win? College football playoffs coming in January. You're like, dude, these <laughs> these teams might be trash. Yeah, and the turnover yeah. is so fast that like the Iowa State Cyclones return no one on offense, but they finished number seven last year. They might be good this year. It's like they might not. 
They don't have any five-star recruits rolling in. Like, why is Iowa State in the top ten right now? Yeah, Cincinnati and Iowa State, top top ten teams. Like, what's going on here? Like, what? You know what it's going to be, and it's been like this for the last ten years. It's going to be Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Rattler. And then somewhere along the line, Texas A&M is going to make some noise. They're kind of new to the party. Uh, Michigan will be mentioned, and they'll be forgotten about. (laughs) Uh, Georgia, if they can piece it together in the SEC East, might make it interesting in December. And that's about the drama we have. And Notre Dame is going to be wildly overrated for a while. Like, this is college football. nothing, Nothing has changed the last 10 years. Let's just watch how the drama plays out this year. Yeah, I mean, maybe, well, it's been, let's see. If Fitzpatrick can make the playoffs, then maybe maybe there's a Pac-12 team in there some somehow. No, they're trash. We'll talk about this when my stuck yeah. on, but the Pac-12 is absolute trash. I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and allow that to transition here. What is your stuck on? Uh mine's mine's the the lack thereof of a definitive answer out of New Orleans Saints quarterback battle uh after really? that game against the Jaguars. Dude. Jameis looked awesome. He's got, I forgot he got LASIK surgery. Trust me. I know how bad vision can be. Yeah. And until you, he was, he was, he's dropping dimes. Like he looked awesome. He was like a, like 14 for 15 dropping bombs and Taysom Hill looked like trash as a, as a passer. Um, I just, Taysom Hill looked really bad. I don't see this. I'm going to call this, you know, this is something that will come up later, but I'm calling this the Sean Shank redemption, Sean Payton, Sean Shank redemption. He will name James Winston starter. Spoiler my Friday headline. But I think that there's something in there where you put Kamara and Taysom Hill in and they're on third down as a wild card package and like third and short. But Taysom Hill can play, you know, he can make, put, uh, pick up the slack where for a little bit for um, Michael Thomas and he can be a, you know, gimmick gadget guy as a quarterback. But I think Jameis, he's got to be the guy who has 80 plus percent of snaps in a game and yeah. be the starter. His last time as a starter, he threw for 5,000 yards. Granted, he was throwing to one of the best wide receiving cores in the NFL. And then Tom Brady was like, this is actually how you use them. You don't hit the linebacker on third and long. Um, And you don't throw 30 picks. Yeah. So he passed for 5,000 yards. And he's the, I think, only Dan Marino and Jameis Winston. And this is where my hope as a Saints fan, so I start picking up on all these stupid comparisons. But Jameis Winston has the most pass yards at this age, uh, only second only to Dan Marino. He's the youngest one to reach this milestone. And so he's wow. got talent. And a lot of times he has good receivers. And right now Michael Thomas being out is a big hit. But there's might be an emerging star in Galloway. Like he had just a couple one-handed grabs yeah. that you were like, that was sweet. And that's hard to – that's hard to do, but why aren't you creating space against the terrible Jaguars? Jaguar, yeah, the Jags. Like, why aren't you Jag- creating? Jaguars is fine. <laughs> I know, but that didn't that sounded tomato, so... tomato. That sounded so weird coming off my tongue. I was like, Jaguars. Like, no one, no one says that. We're gonna, we're sure gonna play the Jaguars do. this weekend. I'm sure some you know animal conservationists they say Jaguars. Oh, the scientific community says Jaguars. Yes, okay, but. No, I mean it's that's that's a cool stat with Marino because that's that's crazy. That's a year of sitting out too. It is that he's still in that um, that passing yard that, uh, number. That's nuts. There is something to be also to be mentioned about Taysom Hill that he looks like he's dropped a bunch of weight. 
He's looking – if you were to say Taysom Hill – if you were to take Taysom Hill last year and took a picture of him in pads versus Taysom Hill this year and took a picture of him in pads and said one of these is a quarterback, you would look at this year and be like, and be like this guy is shaped like a quarterback. Last year, he was shaped like a linebacker and a bruiser and a tight end, and just every now and then he threw the ball. I don't think those gadget plays are going to work. I think he's too undersized to go out there and hammer the middle linebacker for eight yards. I just don't think he's big enough and the play calling is going to have to shift because of that. Yeah, I mean, he went to BYU. What could he possibly have dropped from his diet? How did he lose weight? I think he knew I think he knew that he was a role player and I think his role was the gadget guy and the mix it up guy and Sean Payton asked him to stay that beefy and bulky and all of a sudden he got into hey you might be the next Saints quarterback role and he slimmed down for the role which is I think probably keeping weight on is harder than slimming down I don't know he's probably was playing above playing above his weight class for a couple of years and he slimmed down this year focusing on completely different workouts, which is probably a torture amongst itself. But I just don't think he he will play that role that everyone thinks he's going to be able to play in the yeah. gadget purse in the gadget personnel package. No, he definitely had the body, yeah, like a Tebow body, but he's like he's a little exactly. quicker, a little a little quicker, a little sh- a little shiftier than Tebow was. So and he was way more badass. More dangerous. Like way yeah. more badass. Yeah. When he got in the game, the entire defense was like, what is he doing? watch him to see what he's doing when tebow gets in the game they're like yeah we're not going to stack the box and we're just going to cover these receivers and hopefully get a coverage <laughs> sack because this guy's terrible yeah or we don't need to cover the receivers at all but yeah callaway callaway looks awesome he changed to number one when you change to number one you got to be good so i'm hoping he's going to have a good season i think this is a third year in the system too which mm-hmm. is kind of like the sweet spot for saints receivers it is meaning meaning taking a not not like the lead role not a dominant receiver but taking that next step yeah third year for usually for receivers and tight ends it's yeah it's kind of a big uh breakthrough year all right let me tell you about my stuck on which i think is hilarious the pac-12 the big 10 and the acc promise to form an alliance (laughs) which is just absolutely nothing got said a lot of things got said and nothing got said at the same time. Have you been following this? Uh, very, very loosely. I didn't know if it was worth following because I kind of felt not. the same way you did. Like it was just going to slip through the cracks and it was kind of just a, a rebuttal to the UT and uh, OU exactly. news. So I didn't really know if there's actually anything there to study. That is exactly it. It just made all this ripple and then everyone stepped back and said, they didn't say anything. The Pac-12 announced on Thursday it has no intention of expanding its conference. It's like, okay. <laughs> so what so what, what are we talking about here? And why hasn't the Big 12 stepped up and said, yeah, let's form an alliance when it's rumored that OU and Texas will be in the SEC next year and buy out their contracts from the, the Big 12? It's one of those things that you're just like, so now what? But I think what's what's going to come of it as the back the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and the ACC have all this public display of unity as the SEC grows bigger is they're going to in retribution in retribution oh man I butchered that one in reaction in re- to retribution reaction to, yeah. thank you um, they're going to vote down the college football expansion I think they're going to be petty. 
Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would probably stick with it's going to continue to be a kangaroo court pettiness battle. And which is funnier is because that means the regular season of the SEC means that much more and that many more viewers when you have, well, when you have like Texas play Alabama, or Oklahoma play Alabama, or A&M plays OU, or Florida and Georgia play Texas, it's just going to mean that much more emphasis on the SEC regular season that people are going to be changing their channels from the Big 12 and the ACC and the Big 10 where everyone knows that it's Big 12. We don't know. I don't know who's going to become out of that conference, but they're going to fade into the Pac-12 territory where there's going to be three SEC teams or two SEC teams, Big 10 and the ACC occupying those four spots. So it'll just put even more inf- less emphasis on the Big 12 and the Pac-12 and more emphasis on ACC, SEC, Big 10, Notre Dame. Or Ohio yeah, State, he- Notre Dame. Let's just say that. Because the who else is coming out of the Big 10? It is Ohio State. Who else is coming out of the AC? It's Clemson. So let's pull it out of that. Ohio State, Clemson, <laughs> Notre Dame, and the SEC will have the most watched games. It almost plays into their hand a little bit. Yeah, and you have, I mean, we talked about Iowa State earlier. Iowa State's the only, the clear, I guess, like, clear standout outside of OU in the Big in the Big 12, Yeah, what's, what's still left of it. You said there's two years left until this takes into effect, the SEC change for OU in Texas? No, there actually might be, they might opt out early and pay their buyouts. Oh, they'll pay. So yeah. as, oh, they'll as pay. soon as next season, Texas and Oklahoma might be in the SEC. Yeah, so what kind of, I mean, yeah, the alliance thing, I don't see how they're going to get that deal done. We're going to form an alliance. Yeah, Cincinnati has to play well, and maybe they can be a, a sexy team to maybe join a big, a bigger, what are they, Big East? Hey, Cincinnati, Power Five, that's all I got to say. Biggest didn't exist anymore. <laughs> AAC, <laughs> AAC. AAC, yeah, Memphis, SMU, that one. Yeah, so I guess they could be, a, maybe they'll be a Big 12. Um, maybe they'll try to bang their drum for big 12 and big 12 wants to stick around somehow who it's, knows it's it's kind of fun i i i don't like it necessarily but sorting it out is hilarious part hilarious yeah. and part and part fun and this is what the best part is about college football is just speculation it's just making up sort of some sort of take and believing in it until something really stupid happens and then you make fun of that that's basically college football yeah, 100%. Just like with the Heisman voting. Yeah, it's it's all BS and it's all just people yelling at their their on their social media accounts and that's what makes it fun. The ACC, it's so funny. They're like, "We're going to throw a weight around." It's like, "Thanks, Dabo." <laughs> yeah, Dabo's, Dabo on, Dabo's on his own island. Although Maybe UNC's in Miami, Miami makes a comeback in some way, like they finally start getting back to where they were cuz they were they were basically Alabama before Alabama. Like they were sure. the, you know, the most drafted team or uh, yeah, most drafted college football team or like the most first round picks every year. The most, you know, the guys were like the backup to the backup running back. Frank Gore, for example, yeah. was getting drafted in the first round. It's like that happens all the time with Alabama now, like Najee Harris, um, Damian, Damian, Damian Harris. I mean, look at Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake barely played Jacobs, in college. Damian yeah. Harris plays for the, the Pats. Um, yeah. Like uh, I think TJ Yeldon's still in the league. He might still play for Buffalo, but he might have gotten caught. I can't remember. But there's just there's so many Alabama. But anyway, not to brag on that. But yeah, honestly, if the ACC, if 
I would love to see them absorb West Virginia, but if Virginia Tech, FSU, and Miami could be competitive again, and then you you put the icing on Florida the State. that's what I, what did I say? Virginia Tech, but yeah, I, I, no, Florida no, Virginia. State. If Virginia Tech, Florida State, and Miami are back in that conversation right. of the top right. ten, and then UNC every now and then, like this year, has yeah, a UNC. top one two quarterback, then. That could be something, but right now it's Clemson, nobody else. Yeah, hundred percent. I think UNC is a top ten or twelve team this year. I forgot about them. Um, yeah, the, I, I I can't wait to watch them fail. That's just the Virginia fan of me. So I can I love UNC being rated rated high, ranked high, so I can say ha ha bust when they lose one game. Can't wait. I like Mitch Trubisky. Um, your quote slash question of the week. Kirk Cousins is ass. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> uh, I have no idea, yeah. but that's a great quote. Okay. Is that yeah, real? It was, it was, yeah, it was um, It was a tweet from Everson Griffin, who spent a decade on the Vikings, and then he opted out of his contract or opted out of COVID or something. He, he joined the Cowboys. I don't even remember him being on the Cowboys because I think I lost interest after I saw Andy Dalton throw five balls. Mm-hmm. And now he's back on the Vikings and it's time to do the apology tour because he's back with Kirk Cousins as his quarterback. Oh, what position does he play? Awkward. Uh, defensive line. Oh, I was hoping he played offensive line. I know. That'd be, that'd be even better. Um, okay. All right. So there was always a tweet. Ken, <laughs> there's always a tweet and that's so funny that he said it on his way out the door to kind of like kick some dirt i don't know if, he, if that was the correct timing but he said it never thinking that he'd play with kirk cousins again and i'm sure kirk cousins knows that every day when he goes to work there's some people being like he's not that good he's had his, his whole nfl career right yeah and we saw this happen already actually back in um when Sean Payton recruited Matt Stafford and said it's all Jared Goff's fault and traded into the Lions, and there's a Lions player who happened to be on the Rams with Goff, and then Goff went to the Lions, so that guy has to be like, oh, hey, Jared. So I love these What's defensive up? players who call their ex-quarterbacks ass as they leave, and they're like, oops. <laughs> Which doesn't help is that when you're when – you're, if you're a team for defense – you play against the backup doing scout team stuff. And so you watch the backup all the time and you're like, this guy's definitely better than the starter. And like, you don't like your defense is so used to it and probably even likes the backup QB because they spend practice with them all day. And so I see, I think some of it comes from that, just the bias, the recency bias of them looking at, let's say, I don't know who the backup for the Vikings is. So that's about the depth of that thought. But they're looking at the back of and saying, they're not as good. At, this, this guy's better than Kirk. Yeah, totally. And Kirk got that. It had to do a lot with, like, he, I think he had another tweet that says something about Mike Zimmer, the Vikings head coach, didn't even really want Kirk Cousins. They gave him that big contract. So there's a little bit of, probably a little bit of quarterback co- contract jealousy there, too. Yeah, Coming sure. from it a little bit. And he's like, the front office wanted Kirk Cousins. He said Mike Zimmer didn't, so he's kind of making fun of Kirk Cousins in that way also. Like, even the head coach didn't want him, and now he's teammates again, which makes for a, an exciting training camp. Well, yeah, and it's, it's another lesson that maybe you should have a publicist if you're going to be online. Just maybe, yeah. Or maybe just at a certain point that Twitter should ask you, and I don't know anything about Twitter, 
are you sure? Are you sure you want to post this? At least leave out the tags at Kurt Cousins. Just leave out that. Um, and yeah. I had a, um, I had a mini, a mini quote that was almost my stock. This came from Steve Stricker, uh, U.S. Ryder Cup captain Steve Stricker. He said, "I hope this is wrong, but he said the Kepka and DeChambeau beef has been put to bed." That would be sad for golf if they had full, some sort of like full corn, full corn, man to man, like face to face. Hey, let's talk about this, and they figured it out as adults which they should do, it's going to be sad for golf. I, I think, think they should continue over. being childish. I think it'll carry over. It'll be like, uh, let's put this maybe, – maybe he means put to bed temporarily to be okay. on the same team, the U.S. Ryder Cup team, and then come Masters next year, right back at it. Yeah, they, they called – okay, I like that better. There's a, a – uh, not a stalemate, a ceasefire – Ceasefire. Yep. Yeah, there's a ceasefire going on. We will continue this after the Ryder Cup. So let's just just mark your calendar. If you're not into golf like me, ignore the Ryder Cup. Cheer if your team wins. If USA wins, because what up? Patriotism. Love USA winning stuff. Um, but if if you want to just push the pause button on the PGA, just push pause and we'll get to Brooks yeah. and Brooks and DeChambeau after after the Ryder Cup. All right. I'm into that. Yeah, it's like a, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like uh, Fast and the Furious Eight, sure, or Hobbs and Hobbs and Shaw, uh, Statham and The Rock's character, mortal, uh, vicious enemies in Fast Seven, and then they made them, but like a buddy cop movie where they buried the hatchet. So hopefully it'll just like not carry over from that, and they'll go back to hating each other. Okay, so we're looking for yeah. Brooks and Bryson, episode nine. Got yeah, it. this is just a bad a bad sequel in the middle of all the, the hatred. Okay. <laughs> all right. So uh, my question of the week, and it's not really a question. I guess I should have known better, but Sony Michelle to the Rams? Ooh. I did not I did not know Michelle's uh his he was becoming a free agent and he had an option this year, and everyone that was paying attention to the Patriots, which is not me. He gets traded to the Rams, but I guess actually here's the question: Do the Rams still have draft picks to trade? I didn't think they did. I don't even know. They traded a fourth, fourth round. Um, what's it called? Not con- not contingency. Uh, what do you call it when it's like maybe that maybe you'll get the fourth round pick, but maybe not. It's like there's some sort of caveat that has to happen. He has to get X amount of snaps or. He has to stay healthy for X amount of games. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, and it's uh, it's some big Certain word, word that smarter people than big us word. know. It's got at Four. least two syllables. Syllable Contingency. Yeah. Contingency. Mm, that's agreement. not it. Something like that. Sure. The fine yeah, print. I'll think of it. Uh, Sony Michelle, he was a star in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I forget what else. They're, they do running back by committee so much that I forget – who's in their depth chart, but I feel like the Rams need a running back. That is a hole they needed to fill, and they're really going all in this year. They're 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 doing the Saints model of just throw money and trades at it, and we'll deal with the consequences after McVay gets fired. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like a trash fire in terms of how they're going to account for all the draft picks they've sent away and you know if the, if the Stafford uh, experiment doesn't work. But yeah, Sony Michelle. I mean, he was, you know, he was. I think he played in front of Nick Chubb at Georgia, right? So I mean, he has with, pedigree. He's, 
hasn't stayed healthy. Yeah, with. And doesn't he have a Super Bowl win? Did he win one of the Pats? Am I? Was he on the Rams? That? Was he on the, the the Patriots team that beat the Rams? I actually? think so. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's it's just hilarious. For the last little bit, you wanna you wanna break down the AFC NFC East? Uh, South. South. Um, let's start with the with the AFC. Or no, 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 no. Let's do this. Let's curveball. I know I just said that. Let's start with the NFC because we can talk about the Saints a little bit. So let's start with – actually, the AFC South is pretty boring, isn't it? I'm pretty looking, bad. I'm looking over there, and I'm like, that's pretty boring. Let's start with the AFC South. I'll let you pick the team. So AFC to start, the boring first? Yes. All right. We'll go. We'll go with who we were talking about. We're talking about Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Uh, fun fact for the kids out there, the listeners. He is now. Massey brought this to my attention. The offensive coordinator for the Alabama Crimson Tide, um, which is hilarious. You. He's the embattled ex-coach of the Texans. And we were trying. I'm trying to predict. Maybe he'll get the if Harbaugh gets fired. Maybe you know rehab you. He'll get the Michigan job. Or is he a whatever. Michigan man? No, I don't think so. I just think he'll get a job with uh, a good school, a good college school after he has a good year as the offensive coordinator, like all these other um, Sarkeesian and Lane Kiffin and the ones that have come before him. The um, It's funny because when I looked at the Texans, I was like, who in the hell is coaching the Texans this year? And they have two people. Well, they have David Cooley. When I looked up, when I typed in Texans head coach, David Cooley was the first name that popped up. But Lovey Smith is the associate head coach for the Texans, which I, I have to assume is this defensive coordinator. Yes, or probable interim coach when they're at zero and fourteen, and they just say goodbye to Cooley. May, well, it's well, he's going to get one year, right? <laughs> I mean, he's inherited such a mess. He, wait, Cooley comes from the Ravens, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yep, and. And Lovey Smith comes from Illinois. Yeah, that's right. So, well so the Texans—they're going to be a mess. Do you? What do you have them as in their record? The first team in league history to go zero and seventeen, Massey Zeman. That is bold. I had them winning two just because <laughs> uh, they play the Jags twice, and maybe they can win win there. Yeah, I have. Please trade Brandon Cooks to somewhere. I don't care where. Just that guy deserves better. He does. And. Hopefully Watson gets traded to the Eagles so I can just, you know, watch Mike Vick 2.0 happen again. And the Eagles just have to inherit a quarterback who has a lot of controversy in his, his past. And yeah. maybe he could, maybe if, maybe things get figured out. And I don't know what's going on with Deshaun Watson. You, you're not allowed to know because the NFL and Deshaun and nobody will talk. So 0-17 is my prediction. And no, and no J.J. Watt perfectly framed in the camera and apologize for wasting one of his prime years. Deshaun Watson's prime years. I'm so sorry you had to go through that, Deshaun. Did you know the camera was right there, JJ? It was pretty much right there. And you were like, glanced over your shoulder at it. You're like, big, I'm mic'd up. So um, I want to say I apologize for us sucking. You had nothing to do with that. I'm hoping for Arizona Cardinals defensive lineman JJ Watt tweets, Deshaun Watson is ass. Thank you. Oh, the Texans. This guy, I, we've said it for the last three weeks. We're not even sure if the Texans are going to play in football. Um, uh, Jaguars. Jaguars, I had his second, uh, finishing second from the basement. Yes. Five and 12. You had them five um, and 12? 
Yeah. I think they're going to be – I think I was going to push even less. I was going to put it, give them one. Oh, wow. So Maybe that's my grudge against Urban Meyer. So you like the you like the Texans to finish one better than the Jags? Yeah, we've seen this with the Jags before. We've seen new coach. Oh, yeah. We've yeah. seen they, this with number one draft pick, and we've seen it the worst it's ever been. So like, I don't see this getting any better for the Jags. And Deshaun Watson at least has played the Jags enough, and is an NFL franchise quarterback. I think the Jags would be even worse than Texans. Oh, well, fair enough. I will say this is contingent. My 0-17 is contingent upon him not playing this year at all. Oh, so, okay. As in Deshaun. As in Deshaun. Um, yeah, the Jags have already lost ETN. I was, I was super bummed because it's never happened where a quarterback and a running back from the same team have, A, been drafted in the first round back together by a team, and also we're going to, like, play their first year together out of college. So I was looking forward to ET, ETN. It's another bummer. The first one was Cam Akers towards Achilles for the Rams. That's why Sonny Michelle even got traded in the first place. Mm-hmm. And now Marvin uh, Jones is hurt. Uh, DJ DJ Baby Shark is hurt. Um, and I'm worried about Trevor Lawrence's knee, a la Joe Burrow 2020. Uh, yeah, it's going to be rough. But I think I'll, I'll go 5-12. and 12. I think Gardner Minshew, if, you know, if there's some sort of oh. heinous injury, that Minshew could come in and, you know, play a little backup. So I like that spin zone a lot. I'll give him three, three and 14. Gardner, Gardner Minshew starts uh, week eight after the Trevor Lawrence experiment is put on the shelf until 2022. Yeah, I have the, I have the, Texans, the Texans winning the Spencer Rattler sweepstakes in next year's draft. Is, is Spencer Rattler a lock for number one? Is everyone just drooling I'm, over him like Trevor Lawrence? But obviously not. <laughs> Mock draft of May 2021, 1.0. I, I, all I've seen is Rattler and then a big drop off at quarterback coming out. So, okay. All right. He's got a cool haircut. Spencer Rattler. Yeah. He seems like a nice guy. <laughs> uh, Colts, not, Colts nine and eight. Uh, uh, this is all about Wentz and his health. And if he can bounce back, he is playing for a head coach that was his offensive coordinator when he won or sorry, when he was at his best as MVP level Wentz for the Eagles before you know, falls and the Super Bowl happened, but yeah, destiny. Um, yeah, I could, I could see, yeah, the de- the destiny man. I could see him bouncing back if he can stay healthy. Yeah, I see them as nine and eight. Uh, what do you what do you predict for the Indianapolis? I have them at eight and nine, and the same concerns of Carson Wentz yeah. is obviously on everyone's mind. He says they're going to be able to go by week one, but there's just no way he's healthy all season. He's just grut. He's just going to gut it out because Carson Wentz over his career has always gutted it out until he could not play anymore um eight nine we don't know what that means when it comes to playoffs i don't think eight nine gets you there this year no which i'm struggling with with the eight nine nine and eight thing is the fact that i can't say eight and eight and just say they might be good they might be bad you say eight and eight (laughs) and you're like yeah we don't know that's basically an admission of like i don't know they're a, a pretty decent team when you say nine and eight, like, oh, they're winners. They're playoff contenders. I say <laughs> so eight, nine. I, well, no, I'm saying, like, I say eight, nine, and they're yeah. losers. And it's like, wait a minute. If you won eight games last year, you might have been in the playoffs. You say eight games this year, you're, like, dissing the other team's fan base. You're like, I, I don't know. I'm having trouble using those two numbers interchangeably, if that makes sense. Eight, nine, and nine and eight. Yeah, it is tough. I think nine and eight and eight and nine both mean the same thing. We both want to say eight and eight. 
Um, I'm I guess I'm glass half full on Wentz playing maybe one more game. I mean, they were 11 and six or something. Not 11 to six. Um, they would have been 11 to five. Excuse me. I think last year with Philip Rivers. So they're one of those teams like the Broncos and the 49ers who have a um, an amazing roster around a unclear quarterback yeah. situation. So that's kind of like why I even gave them that nine and eight that nine nine wins i agree their offensive line is stout their running game has been solid i mean they run more than any other team in the nfl was it last the last two years maybe mm-hmm. so they they run the ball well they really just i mean they philip rivers almost did he almost win to a playoff game or did he almost win to go into the playoffs they went they went to the playoffs they okay. were the wild card behind the titans who we'll get to next um yeah so they were they're one piece away and Carson Wentz was supposed to be it. So now we're going to be looking at them out of the corner of our eyes being like, is this a legit team? Is it not? Let's talk about the Titans real quick. Best team in this division. I have been 11 and six. I think they're going to be good. Oh yeah. Ditto. I was going to say they also have uh, the Colts do. They have Darius Leonard and DeForest Buckner. So they have a good defense uh, yeah. to the Titans. 11 and six. Ditto. Jeeks. You owe me a Coke. Um, all about Julio's durability and kind Someone of like this year right it's... though like yeah julio might be oh uh the number two option this year right i mean oh yeah i mean they have aj aj brown is definitely the clear alpha at this point julio comes in as a more established player coming from a different team an nfc south team we will get to the falcons um but they have a bad defense so if they can if derrick henry can stay healthy and not be already worked to death in the last two seasons, then yeah, the Titans are probably going to run away with this division. They do play the Rams and the chiefs. They have like kind of this up and down schedule. They play the Rams and the chiefs and some of their other crossover games are pretty easy. Like Jets, Steelers, dolphins. Um, so I, I have them at 11 and six, but let's switch gears here. As we run out of time, uh, the NFC South, let's start, let's start at the bottom. The Falcons are going to be really bad like really bad and it makes me happy i don't have them as really bad i have the panthers finishing last at six and eleven oh. um i think darnold will show some some good signs mccaffrey kind of a bad defense situation um as well there but kind of a team on the rise with the pieces around them the falcons i have at seven and ten just because i like their offense i think uh calvin ridley kyle pitts and Matt Ryan will, you know, do enough on offense. Mike Davis was a was definitely a a good acquisition for a running back who showed some promise as a kind of a journeyman after McCaffrey went down last year. So I think there's probably opportunity there for the offense to play well enough. They're in kind of a they're in a division that's I guess like kind of the Bucks. It's kind of like if these two divisions are pretty similar. I see almost like I think the NFC South teams are better than the AFC South teams as a whole. Yes. But I see like Bucks on top, Saints, and then like kind of like Titans, Colts in similar situations. The reason I have the Panthers at nine and eight is because I think they have a chance to go eight and zero in their first games. They play the Jets, the Saints, the Texans, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Vikings, the Giants, and the Falcons before they this play is Carolina. this Carolina before okay. they play the Pats on November the 7th. So I think they're going to be worse than their record indicates, if that makes any sense. Yeah, fair enough. I didn't, yeah. 
you did some, you did some some mega research there. And they also, I, I mean, that. these these other games that they have: Cardinals football team, Dolphins, Falcons. The only other team they play that's hard is the Bills, and they play the Bucks twice and the Saints twice. So I think yeah. nine and eight is very achievable for them. Christian McCaffrey seems like one of those guys that loves playing football. And so when he doesn't play football for a year and twiddles his thumbs, he's like really ready to play football come, yeah. come uh, recovery. So let's, let's talk about the Saints briefly because we talked about them earlier in the huddle. I have the Saints at a 7 and 10. Oh, I went 9 and 8, and I was almost going to say I'm happy to be talked in at 10 and 7. Uh, really? Well, they played the Titans, yeah. the Bills, the Packers, and the Seahawks. That's a that's a pretty tough run. They also – it just – I don't know. I guess I saw something out of Jameis Winston on Monday that, that tricked my brain into being like, the Saints are going to make the playoffs. And I am hedging against my optimism of the recency bias. I look at them like, oh, yeah, we look sick, and then I have to take a step back and be like, Urban Meyer's terrible – the Jaguars are ter- terrible. They weren't that good. The Saints are going to be worse than I think. And it makes me a little sad. I mean, what do you do after you, your Hall of Fame quarterback retires and Tom Brady's in your division? Like, where are you supposed to go as a Saints fan? I mean, you hang your hat on the rest of that roster. I should have mentioned them in the, the Colts, 49ers, and Broncos situation. Like, uh, fuzzy quarterback situation, great roster around them, though. I mean, obviously, Michael Thomas is a big bummer, but I feel like he'll come back week eight, week seven or something, and he'll still be a part of the plan this year. And I, I think, yeah, I think they'll be like t- nine and eight, 10 and seven, and they'll miss out on a wild card. All right. I, I hope you're, uh, I hope you're right. Meh. I want a wild card spot. In the back of my mind, I'm like, Jameis, this is his year. He goes off. He's playing for a big contract. And the Saints, because of their cap space, is a little bit of a stepping – might be a stepping stone, but they might be able to find the cap room after Taysom Hill doesn't fulfill his $1 billion contract they just signed him for. They cut Taysom Hill. They keep Jameis and, and shift all that money towards him. That is my best-case scenario. My pessimism says – they're going to be a little worse without their playmakers, and they're going to everyone's going to stack the box against Alvin Kamara. And while he can still break a play, I think he's going to be contained a little bit more than saying six touchdowns on Christmas Day. Yeah, and I have yeah for the NFC in general, I have five teams that I am really kind of playing checkers with uh, those three wild card spots. I think the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Seahawks, the Vikings, and the Saints are all probable i think at least i think the three will come out of that five but it's kind of hard i keep shifting around in my head week to week it's hard for me to like commit oh here's a fun fact Jameis winston threw the longest touchdown in the preseason game that 58 yarder um that's the longest touchdown since 2016 for the saints so that's 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 something to be excited about i saw that and i was like hell yeah we're going deep all year and i was like calm down Calm down. Jameis Winston is your quarterback. Um, what do you think about well, this? The is Jameis Win- Go ahead. JameisWinstonStats.com website you've been frequenting. <laughs> just just keeping an eye out over there in New Orleans. Well, what about the Bucks? 12 and 5. They're returning 22 of 22 starters, I believe. And they added one of my favorite mustached, mustachioed uh, running backs or players, Gio Bernard, as the new kind of James White. Uh, receiving back for third down. So 
I think they'll improve. I could, I could definitely be talking to 13 and four for them. I have them at 13 and four just because I think they're the, they might be the best in the NFC. They play the Rams and the Bills, but that's their only like really marquee game. I guess when they go to Foxborough, what, what is that? October 1st or whatever. Yeah. Week four, week five. Um, That'll be an interesting challenge. Just Tom Brady going back to his the the stadium he built. I'm, I'm, was it there before Tom Brady? I don't know. Um, Not really. I just think they're that good. I think there's they have to be Super Bowl contenders, and I'm tired of being like Tom Brady's too old. Fool me once, yeah. shame on me. Fool me yeah, twice. I'd have to see shame on you. I would have uh, to see. You're, never, you're just never going to fool me again. <laughs> Is that Bush? Junior. Yeah, Junior. W. W, whatever w. his name is. No, I think, yeah, I think that um, I got to see something from Tom Brady, like, in the preseason, maybe at age 48, where I'm like, yeah, he just looks a little slow, but I'm not going to mess with it until then. That's fair. That's that's more than fair. So you have, just as a recap, the two winners are the Titans and the Bucks. That's where we're agreeing upon that. Mm-hmm. Man, I hope Jameis Winston is just so good. Part yeah, of me, part got, of me thinks that. I got Bucks, Packers, Rams, Washington football team as the division winners in the NFC. 49ers, Cowboys, Seahawks, wild cards. Like I said, I'm happy to put New Orleans in there. I don't really want to put Minnesota in there because Kirk Cousins is ass. And AFC, I've got the Chiefs, Bills, Ravens, Titans winning their divisions. Not very original. Uh, then the I have the Browns, Chargers, and Dolphins winning or sorry winning the wild card spots uh i kept up with none of that on mine that's okay i just spat it out of my mouth and forgot the moment that i said it which is how this podcast rolls (laughs) and i like i like denver new england i feel like they're on that bubble too so i feel like the wild cards gonna be pretty competitive well we have one more weekend uh this weekend college football starts week zero i love how they've made up a new a new week just to have week zero what is it like six matchups like there's six teams playing no 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 there's 12 teams playing maybe they're all out here they're like new mexico state and arizona maybe playing i don't know no one of any consequence but i can't wait can't wait to watch college football this weekend that bleeds over into a big college football next weekend that bleeds over into the nfl basically what i'm saying is college football's back excuse me football is back folks and we can also next week we can do our coin flip do our draft like we used to yes. back in the old days. Uh, and then maybe loser has to do the milk, milk cart challenge in January. I will, I will break every bone in my body. If I do that, I got too much on the line. So we're going to think of something else. It'll be one of those things where it's like people have forgotten about it in the fall and then we'll do it. It'll be cool again. The internet does move fast. <laughs> uh, sports fans. That is it. And that is all.